When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And everything deleted like the toss, yeah, it was gone. And when I touched your face, Okay, so uh, we've been talking about James Dean recently, which is weird, right? Because he's been deceased for a very long time. Yeah. Um, but there's uh, an attempt to resurrect his career. What? What? And we thought it was one thing, but it's turning out to be a lot more than that. Uh, this is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom. Bradley Trainers filling in on the morning show. He'll be back uh, later. We don't yet know when. Um, Holly and I are here Hi. until 3 o'clock with you. Um, and as we tell the story, or as I'm going to hand it over to Holly to tell the story of what's going on with the resurrection of James Dean's career. <laughs> at any point, if you wish to share with us how you feel about this, just give us a ringy dingy, 651-641-1071. Holly, uh, I, I had some concerns about this initially. And as it turns out, there's far more to the story than we even realized. Ooh, so this story came across the wire a couple of months ago. Right. We read that James Dean's likeness was going to be resurrected digitally so that he could be cast in a new movie called Finding Jack. So that was weird, right? Like, why do you want to digitize an actor that's been dead for like almost 70 years right? and put them in your movie about the Vietnam War, which James Dean, unfortunately, fortunately, you know, he did not live long enough to see that that in his lifetime. Weird, right? Very weird. And I thought it was very strange. And yet at the same time. I don't remember what your position was on it, Holly, but Bradley was like, I'll wait and see what happens. My position was, was, that's weird. That's weird. My position, I understand where Bradley's coming from. There's a weird curiosity about it. Okay, fine. We're going to recreate a human being, put their likeness into something new. My whole position was, it's it's dumb. (laughs) Because it's dumb because James Dean was an actual human being. Right. With an actual, what I believe to be, spirit mm-hmm. and soul. Right. Can a digital recreation of a human being have a soul? I mean, we're going deep, man. Well, we're that's what we deep. do. We go deep I mean, in the shallow. We're going deep in the shallow. So that was my criticism of it at the time. I'm like, fine, it may look really cool, but it's going to be dumb because it's not James Dean. it's not actually him. And we are smart enough to realize that. Yes. Well, apparently we're all stupid. Because not only is James Dean's likeness going to be brought back for a new movie, but apparently there are intentions to create the virtual being of James Dean for computer games, TV shows, 
video games, other movies, etc., etc. And this is a deal that's been cut between a company called Worldwide RX and the estate of James Dean. So this is obviously happening with their blessing. Well, cha-ching, cha-ching. Exactly. I mean, they're blessing the green here. Yeah, because his cousin, James Dean's cousin, Marcus Winslow, he is the manager of James Dean's estate, and while he says that he tries to manage the estate with good taste, I mean, they're cashing in. Honey, honey, they're they're cashing in. This is just, and it's weird to me that... Out of all the people that you're going to resurrect, so to speak, because that's what's really happening, is James Dean the most relevant choice that we could have today? Because I understand from the James Dean estate, you're like, I'm going to cash in on this. Right. This is a great opportunity to perpetuate the image and the iconography of James Dean. So I get that from the greedy money perspective. But does the image of James Dean resonate in 2020 i think that's a really good question do people even like if you asked a teenager on the street yep and you showed them a picture of james dean and you'd be like tell me who this person is no i they will not have any idea they would have no, no idea like even if you asked your well, kids oh, okay i'm gonna but, throw this out there though yeah maybe that's part of what is attractive about this because james dean was very and by the way anytime you have an emotion about this that you want to share Six five one six four one one zero seven one. We're here for you. Feelings. Um, that's what we do best. Yeah. Or not. Um, no. But I. I think that uh, he is. He's a new look for people. Oh yeah. So I'm. I'm thinking about the young teens. Like when I was young, I remember when I was in sixth grade. I had a friend who was obsessed with Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley died the year that we were born. And she was obsessed with him in a way that you would be if he were alive. Like he was so, she was, you know, he's so handsome, had a crush on him, that kind of thing. I feel like younger people will have those feelings about James Dean. Yeah. Because he, there is a look to him that is the likes of nothing we've seen before. Yeah. You know, so I'm, what, what I'm wondering is if that's actually why they think this would work. If they can fully digitize an entire human that is the likes of nothing many people have seen, it's like a whole new uh, market for him. Sure, which is probably what the cousin was thinking. I was like, hey, these young kids, they have no idea who James Dean is. But going back to your friend, Khalid, so Mm -hmm. I understand that as a person who was obsessed with people who were no longer on the planet when I right. was young. You know, you, you get obsessed. Like, people can still get obsessed with Elvis. They can get obsessed with, with the Beatles as they were in 1965, because that was what was for right. me. The band broke up almost 25 years before I was even on the planet. Mm-hmm. And uh, here they are, 15. No, math. Anyways. Whatever. They, whatever. Math. doesn't I was matter. Told there would be no math. But, like, she was probably watching, your friend was watching old Elvis videos. She was listening to Elvis music. She was watching Elvis movies. Movies, So she was actually watching the performances of Elvis Presley. With these new James Dean things, it's not that the kids are going back and watching Rebel Without a Cause. They're watching a weird, digitized recreation of an actual human being that who's I would argue that his essence was what really was was the what draw. made him yes and the what, mysterious kind of well and it was his essence as a human being right 
And what these people are counting on is that we're so dumb <laughs> that we're just going to fall for a, a, a digitized facsimile of this. Uh, this is so sad. I'm going to say it, though. I feel like in 2020, we are. I know. I'm sorry. Burn it all down. But I just like I really do think that I don't know to me. Okay, whoa. I'm like having a weird change of heart. I don't know Uh what's going on. Suddenly, I'm curious about how this will go from sort of a social experiment standpoint. Right. We've never done anything like this before. It's not even like the creation. It's not even Max Hedrum. You know, and there are probably people who are like, Max, how? He was a digitized head in the 90s, 80s. I don't remember. He sold Coca-Cola and then he had a sitcom. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Or a talk show. Doesn't matter. He's. This is not like some, this is a real person that they are trying to breathe new life into um, for a new audience, literally in a way that we've never seen done before. If they replayed Devil Without a Co- Rebel Without a Cause on network television, the kids aren't going to tune in. They're going to go, that guy's all like, okay. But for, I see for the James Dean estate how they'd say, we got to give the kids something new with James Dean in order to get them acquainted with who James Dean is and breathe some new life into this estate, get some more of that green energy. Yeah. Oh, I'm talking about money. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't not like your heart. Junk I, so it's weird because I, yeah. while I don't agree with this, I think it's weird and strange and I don't feel comfortable with you it. You want to see the application of the technology. I want to see, see where it goes. I, I want to see where it goes. I don't, I don't know. That seems kind of like Pandora's box to me, but I'm curious enough about it. Sherry's on the line. Um, hey, Sherry, uh, do you have some emotions Sherry, around this uh, James Dean being resurrected digitally in all kinds of different manners. Sherry, hi, Sherry. Hi. Um, I have a couple thoughts. One is just because the technology is there and we can do something doesn't mean we have to do it, right? Because of the whole ethics thing and that. But then this is kind of on the other side is how how is it it's almost like a high-tech cartoon or caricature like you were talking about max headroom and so then you can look at it that way instead of as the person but more of a caricature right or a cartoon. right i mean i'm really conflicted about this are you sherry i am too i I, I really am i'm and with you and then where do, where do they draw the line with right they do this with right Right. Thank you for your call, oh, Sherry. Thanks, Sherry. And I'm sure, you know, to Sherry's point about where do they draw the line, they'd have to have consent and buy-in and all of that from the estates of different deceased individuals. Right. They're calling it digital human representation on the website of Worldwide RX. And even to your point, Colleen, before we go, yeah, even Max Headroom was an actual was a actor real person. and a real That's person. True. So. Oh. <laughs> All right, when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, Holly here uh, for Bradley, who's uh, doing the morning show, um, we have to talk. I'm done. I'm done with something, and uh, we're good now. We don't need to know anything more about. Wish I could be there for you. Give me reasons. Okay, so I am done. I've reached my fill, and uh, I'm good with the Royals until something else happens. This is the Colleen and Bradley show. My Talk 1071 streaming live at mytalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. 
Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. I uh, so because I've reached my limit, uh that means you've all reached yours Yay. too. And actually I think that my limit was far beyond what the average person's limit was. But oh, yeah. here's I'll tell you what happened when I reached my limit that told me I had reached my limit with the Harry and Meghan news. Uh this is the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk One O Seven One streaming live at My Talk One O Did I already say that? Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. One oh seven one point. You know, you just you know, find here's us online. The you can why... listen to the app. Holly, I it's us. Colleen here's why Holly. you didn't remember Colleen. Why? Is because you got up at four in the Thank morning you. today. And Thank you're you. tired. Why did I get up at four o'clock this morning? Was it because I needed to know the etymology of the word click? No. It was because that was yesterday. Uh-huh. Um it was because my phone dinged ding with a notification. Thinking that it was maybe a loved one of mine texting me in the middle of the night with some sort of emergency situation, I did pick up my phone and I looked at it. What was it, you ask? Well, what was it? Snow it was emergency? A- no. Uh, Tornado emergency? No. It was a notification that Harry is now in Canada with his beloved. And I was like, not actual breaking news. Mm-mm-mm. I will find that out later. When I'm tooling through all of my many news sites, I will see the headline. Harry lands at the airport in Canada to be by the side of his bride and his beautiful young child. And in my heart, I will say, okay, great. And then I'll move on with my day. Yeah. But a four o'clock notification in the AM is not necessary. And so I've reached my limit. And I want the I want the media to know. Tell me when something actually happens now. It's funny that you mentioned this, Colleen, Mm -hmm. that you got this rando push notification about something that was irrelevant to your life. Because John Oliver, the host of Last Week Tonight, so they did a bit uh, that was released, a web-only exclusive, because they're not back with new episodes until Uh mid-February. They actually were dragging these push notifications. It makes me crazy. And here's the criteria that Last Week Tonight laid out on whether or not a story is push notification worthy. Two things. So I ask you this of the story about mm-hmm. Prince Harry arriving in Canada. Perfect. Is it something that you should be doing differently? No. Okay. Number two, is this something that I need to know now? No! No! Uh, <laughs> so, And you know what? Uh, you could say to me, and I hear you. I yeah. hear you out there in your car saying, well, just turn off your push notifications. Well, I can't, and I won't, because I'm a, a productive member of the world, and I need to know when there is actually breaking news or an emergency. Right. Uh, I want to know. I I do care when perhaps there is a school shooting, yes. tragically, um, or something you know political happens that is. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. 
Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Hmm, what flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Meaningful to the way that I view the world. But what I don't really care about is what airport Prince Harry has landed at. Yeah. I don't care. I'm glad he's with her. I'd like to wake up at a decent hour and say, oh, all good. That's great. Okay. But I might have even talked about it if they wouldn't have woken me up at 4 a.m. for that. So that just all points bulletin. I understand the need to keep the story alive. And I we've done our part, you know, we have. And it is a deep and a wide story because what is happening with uh, Harry and Meghan is unprecedented. And it is, you know, we do still have a lot of questions. One of them is not for me. Where is where in the world is Harry Mountbatten Windsor? He's around somewhere. He's somewhere, and uh, I'm fine with that. Yeah, he's taking care of his own business. Right. What's Megan up to, Halls? Uh Megan's wearing a beanie. Yeah, she's wearing oh. a hat. Right. Breaking news. Going for a walk. Going for a walk with her dogs. With her dogs, which are very cute. They're by the super way. cute. Twitter's blowing up because they don't like the way she's carrying Archie and oh, the front carrier. Lord, we already have those shamers out there because the way she's carrying her baby. I don't know. Looks like Megan's carrying a baby to me. Good on her. He was clearly sleeping. Well, yes. I mean, he's fine, you guys. It's all good. Chill. He's he's got a beanie on. He's got little cute socks on. It's all good. There's a couple of security guards there. But Meghan Markle knows that she's being photographed. We have reached the peak of this story in as much as the day-to-day activities Mm -hmm. of what Harry and Meghan are doing. And yes, like you said, Colleen, my talk 1071 has done their due diligence about talking about this royal drama because it is unprecedented. There are a lot of angles to talk about that are newsworthy. But at this point, where we're just getting pictures of Megan walking the dogs, little Oz, I don't remember the name of her beagle, but he's very cute. He has an old mug now, and it's just adorable, and she's wearing L.L. Bean boots and a beanie. And she's smiling. I mean, here's the other thing. It is clearly a pop walk because she's beaming Every step. Again, I love to walk animals. I love mm-hmm. to be with my family. I like to be in the great outdoors. Um, I I feel internally happy, but I don't necessarily show it on my face. Yeah, she knows she's she being knows photographed she's being in there. And in the meantime, stop sending us push notifications unless there's some actual real news. And we'll let you know when there is some actual real news. But when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we have some real actual celebrities behaving badly. We call them D-bags. And we're going to tell you about them after this on My Talk 1071. Celebrities behaving badly. We love to tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. Streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer, is filling in on the morning show. He's not with us today. Holly Roberts and I are here. Hi. And uh, we have a name for these celebrities behaving badly. That name is. Dubag! Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Your D bag. I really, this is a mystery D bag. Oh. Because. Like it's even a mystery if it is a D bag? Yeah. 
Okay. It's just an all-around mystery. Okay. But I wanted to highlight the story that was making the rounds yesterday and today. There are headlines saying, Kelly Ripa quit drinking when Ryan Seacrest joined live. Huh. Huh. Okay. Okay, that's... Sure. Yeah, so this all happened during, I believe, the host chat on Live with Kelly and Ryan on Monday, which was yesterday. Where are we in time and space? Today is Tuesday. Yeah. So Ryan Seacrest said yesterday on Live with Kelly and Ryan, I started the show and she quit drinking. And then, what does that tell you? I don't know. Is that good or bad? Ha, 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 ha. And then Kelly Ripa they were talking about how Americans have purchased less wine overall in 2019. Yep. And then she joked, I have influenced the market. I'm not saying I've driven people out. I'm saying I stopped buying wine and there's a 25% dip. Now, Kelly Ripa being very vague bookie, I would say, meaning yeah. she's commenting on something without commenting on it at all. So what is it that you think she's referring to in her assertion that she does not drink any longer? You know... That's a good question, Colleen, and I really don't know what she's alluding to. Now, my first instinct says that Kelly Ripa is throwing shade at her former co-host, Michael Strahan. Right. Who hosted live with Kelly and Michael, and then he left for Good Morning America in an unceremonious fashion. And that was, I mean, that was a really difficult time for Kelly because that all happened without her knowing right and i and i think and rightly so she felt really manipulated by that news yes caught off guard it it was really tense there for a time yeah so yeah i hear that that's why i think like that working with michael strahan was so stressful that i was drinking but when ryan seacrest came to town it was just easy breezy i didn't have to have that little glass of wine to take the edge off anymore so it was just like this headline is weird i it is a weird headline and and i think i'm the part that i'm uh, that i struggle with is in that host chat and i'm sure that we have the same thing go on here on the colleen and bradley show when bradley and i are just talking or when you and i are just talking we might say things sort of offhanded or off the cuff sometimes there is more to the story that you're not getting um but sometimes we maybe just don't aren't clear about why we're saying what we're saying. Oh yeah. And this is obviously one of those stories that I feel like people are going to have more questions about. It's obvious. On the one hand, who cares? Well, yes. You know, if she wants to choose to stop drinking, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, and, And it's pertinent to the story they were talking about, but it is the place where you start to have a question is what is she like? What is the point of reference? The time reference? Yes. Why is that important to the story? Right. So, Ultimately, the time reference in this story, what I'm reading into it is that it's Michael Strahan's shade. Now, Kelly Ripa has been fairly open in the past, like you said, Colleen, about how she felt when Michael Strahan left live with Kelly and Michael. And Michael Strahan even admitted that they don't speak to each other over the way that he left the show. I I don't blame him. him, She was not treated well in that. But like, why bring that up now? It was an odd, it's an odd thing to put the time. Yeah. To reference the time in that story. Yeah. And then I also understand you're off the cuff in that position. Sometimes you say things that you don't think are going to catch people's attention. Sure. And that Ryan Seacrest threw it out there, though, in a self-deprecating manner where he's like, 
What does that tell you? I don't know. Is that good or is that bad? So he's the one who's lobbing that bomb out there. And then, you know, expecting Kelly Ripa to respond. It was just weird. And then the way that people are running with this story. Right. That it's this huge declaration when, in fact, I think to your point, Colleen, it's just host chat. It's off the cuff. It doesn't really even mean anything. Right. They probably knew what they were saying. Yeah. But it was maybe a little bit like inside and and. And maybe they and they probably didn't realize that it was going to be the thing that people pay attention to. Yeah. But then I suppose at the end of the day, they're probably happy that live with Kelly and Ryan making big headlines exactly. because that's one of those shows that just keeps going it's and true. going and going. And if you're a fan and you watch it every day, then it's relevant to you. But right. It's on at a time during the day where it's not necessarily we, it's not convenient for us to yeah, watch destination television. So right. they're just happy that it made headlines today. People so there's talking. my mystery D bag. If you find a D bag in there, congratulations. Yeah, you win Do a D bag. Do you? I don't know. You win a okay. D bag. I don't know if you. I don't know All if you right. wanted one. Uh, okay, so I, my D bag is complex as well. Sort oh, of. It's oh, not God. really that complex. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's actually people, human people. Um, Just like people on Earth, such as? Yeah, and such as. Mostly the internet. Because, okay, Millie Bobby Brown was on the red carpet at the SAG Awards. And she was wearing Louis Vuitton. Oh, she looked great. She was wearing this long jacket with pants and some heels. She was looking great. It was a low-cut white jacket and heels. Uh, She was going for that androgynous look. She had, like, it was a pantsuit underneath um sleek dark hair her regular hair sleek parted down the middle her makeup looked fantastic do you know what people are upset about the internet is upset about oh lord the fact that 15 year old millie bobby brown looked too old for her age what are you kidding me i'm dead serious that is trash because she looked looked spectacular amazing uh i think that some people are calling out the fact that the the guy or the outfit the suit is very low cut in the front and shows a lot of cleavage i would like to point you to any high school prom yes we would like you to go in the direction of deb is that so yes no that doesn't i don't know i don't know know. know. but (laughs) any formal wear uh, department where one would buy a dress for a prom or a semi-formal right um so here's where i this is where i get stuck okay like, and I'm part of the problem here. I'm not a big fan of JoJo Siwa because... You're not a fan of JoJo Siwa! I'm not a fan of JoJo! <laughs> because she's, like, what, six, 16 or 17? Yes. And she acts sensation. like she is nine. And I think that's... There's a problem with that. Yeah. Uh-huh. I what I'm what I, I guess what I'm struggling with is people have a problem with JoJo Siwa for being older and acting younger, and they have a problem with Millie Bobby Brown for being younger and acting older. Oh. So then my question becomes to the world: What the heck is appropriate for you? Ah, you know, right? Like it's impossible to be a teen woman, young lady, 
because everybody is judging whether they're acting too old for their age or too young for their age. Oh, you don't say people policing the way that females act out in public. Yeah, but nobody is. Well, I'm not going to get all feminist here right now. Yes, I am. Nobody is talking about what the boys from Stranger Things looked like and whether they looked like they were too old for their age or too young for their age. Nobody cares about that. But they're freaking out because they're seeing a 15 year old's cleavage. And again, I would like to draw your attention to the prom. Yeah, I would like you. It's like, okay, well, here's an example. To your point, Colleen. Also, a lot of models, like professional working models that you see in their skivvies are 14 and 15 years old. In their skivvies. Well, and that's how old I am. (laughs) Thank you. I want, you know, going back to your point, Colleen, about the fact that people... People are. Poli- it's hard to talk about. I mean, it is really hard to talk about. <laughs> so going back to the point that people were policing the way that Millie Bobby Brown looked on the sag red carpet. Meanwhile, we're not talking about her male peers looking too mature. I want you to go. You can also do this exercise at home. Mm. Uh, her co-star Finn Wolfhard yep. was there on the red carpet at the SAG Awards. Now, if you Google Finn Wolfhard, St. Laurent, uh-huh. he is a model for St. Laurent. Yeah. Looking like a guy who is maybe perhaps a little older than he actually yes. is. Finn Wolfhard right now is 17 years old. Uh-huh. And when you 17 years yeah. old, so he is still under the age of 18, yes. which in the United States is still considered a minor. Yes. You go and look at pictures of Finn Wolfhard looking very mature in a modeling campaign for St. Laurent. And the pictures are great. They, he looks like a young Bob Dylan. They're super cool. He is not being policed in any way, shape, or form for looking older than he is. It's true. And those pictures, I would argue, are fairly sexualized yeah. as well. Yes. It's a different kind of sexualization. But those pictures are meant to be attractive, quote-unquote, so to speak. Right. And you could look at them as being sexually charged to a certain degree. But yet... Yeah. He is not being policed in the way that Millie Bobby Brown this, is being it's policed. It's the double standard it that totally gets really is. frustrating. Yeah. And, and again, like it's also the impossible measure for a, a young girl Ugh. to either be to to act appropriate for her age, but with no definition of what that actually means. Right. Um. I think I've done my work here. That was a delightful D-bag, Colleen. Thank Thank you. you. Uh, All right. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, uh, we do have another question for you. Now, I want everybody to know this. This does. This really comes from a place of pure curiosity. It comes from a place of one seeking to understand Um, because. You know, we talked a little bit yesterday about Brad and Jen and and all the the hay that people are making about the two of them uh, and the way that they're relating when they're out in public. And I'm curious because I don't particularly care about that relationship. I don't. I mean, like, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm I'm fine. Yay. They are. I'm happy to see that they've buried whatever hatchet and that they are able to see be in the same room together. That's that's where I come down on it. However, I recognize that for some people, this is really exciting, the idea that they could get back together. And so the question I'm asking, again, not from a place of judgment, but really of pure desire to understand is, why is it that you think people do care about the relationship between 
Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston? It's sort of a large existential question, but if you're able to kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say justify, but explain what it is about that relationship that is so exciting to people. Yeah. 651-641-1071. We're going to talk about that when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. to more headlines about Brad and Jennifer this morning. Brad Pitt, Jennifer Aniston, uh, they are exes. They were married for a long time before Angelina Jolie came along. Uh, Anyway, but people are all up in their business because they want them to get back together. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Again, this is the story that won't go away. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainers filling in on the morning show. Holly and I are here with you until three today. Uh-huh. Okay, and I, I want to ask this question, and I'm not doing this out of judgment. I really am not. I, I really just want to understand better because I'm curious about what it is that people are attached to about the idea of Brad and Jennifer getting back together. Yeah. So this morning when I woke up, the headline were the headline was all about that same moment, the two of them backstage at the SAG Awards, where she was moving on. I, you know, I think she was going to talk to the press. He was just getting done talking to the press. She he had just watched her win her award and she walked by and put her hand on his chest. But then today the headline or the development of it was her hand was on his lapel. And people just can't. They they just can't. The internet just can't. Just can't with them. Because it is a continuation of a tabloid narrative that has been going on for at least 15 I, years yes, at this point. a decade or more. Uh-huh. Because they got married. Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston got married 20 years ago. It's crazy. And then they broke up. So the time... Just doing the math. Yeah. The time that Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston were together... That is far less yes. than the time that they've been apart. And that we've been talking about yes. them. Will they, won't they? Are they communicating? Wistfully they wanting mm-hmm. them to get back together. And, and you know, it's an, I, I know that there are people in our listening audience for whom this is really something that they hope for. And I'm curious about if you can access or, or explain what it is that that, because to me, I think it means something more than just Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt. Totally. There, it's got to be, there's got to be sort of a bigger 
symbolic reason why that is important to people. And I'm here for it. I want to know what it is because I just have not been able to get on board with why we're paying attention. Now, I know that there are people who think, who cares? Who cares? What? We don't, why, why are we still talking about them? Who cares? We just need to leave that alone. Don't call if you're that person because that's not what we're looking for. No. 651-641-1071. If you are a person who has you know, and I don't mean like you're staying up nights, like hoping and wishing. Just that, like <laughs> when you see the two of them interact, that you have that feeling yeah. of like, oh, I'd really love it if they got back together. Totally. Where, what is that? And I'm, we're not here to judge. We're just here to understand. I know somebody who has that feeling, Colleen. Who is that? Or you don't have to out the person, but uh, what? Why is it that they have that feeling? Well, I think that this person has that feeling because they're Jennifer Aniston's BFF. Oh, that would be Courtney Cox. Yes, because she has been on a like storm, liking all of these stories about Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston's reuniting at the SAG Awards. Courtney Cox on her Twitter account even liked this comment that somebody left on a story from The Hollywood Reporter. The comment says they still love each other, no doubt. Oh, Courtney Cox. Now I feel like we need to read between the lines of that. Liked that comment. I mean, that's the kind of thing that gets headlines and you know it, right? Yes. That Courtney Cox liked that comment. She knew exactly what she was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we've got a caller on the line. Paul is on the line. By the way, 651-641-1071. Paul, why does it excite you, the idea of... of just a little too young for to remember this, but Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. You know, you remember when uh, Liz stole Eddie Fisher from Debbie Reynolds? That was this big scandal. She was a home wrecker. The same thing is is uh, Angelina uh, taking Brad from Jen. Right. Now, uh, if you remember, Elizabeth Taylor married Richard Burton twice. They were and divorced twice. Yep. yep. He was essentially the love of her life after Todd died in a plane crash. But uh, anyway, I think it's a very similar situation. It's not exactly alike, but I think that's it's got the same fascination for people. And were you fascinated by Elizabeth Taylor's personal relationships with not only Betty Fisher, but with Richard Burton? Did you have that kind of feeling with them? And when, do you have that feeling younger, now? Yeah, I, yeah. I kind of had that, you know, you know, at first Liz was like a real, you know, Maggie Cat on the Hot Tin Roof. She was she was that type of right. person when she stole uh, Eddie. But of course, Eddie turned out to be a real dud anyway. And and uh, Liz and Debbie Reynolds got to be really good friends towards the end of their lives. But yeah, I you know it was tabloid journalism wasn't quite as hot back in the sixties seventies. Uh, as, as they are now. Right. So, so every move is on is on uh, parade. Thank you, Paul, for your call. Um, I want to address an email we just got. Yes. Because I thought this was interesting. And I don't know what I've said to make this be the case. But Chris said, for the last two days, Kalina sounded like a jealous ex-girlfriend when talking about Brad and Jen. Is it just me? He's moved on, Colleen. Uh, I, okay. I, I think it might be a misunderstanding, Chris. I actually... <laughs> have actually been saying the exact same thing. They both have moved on. It's the world that is having difficulty moving past this. Right. And I'm curious about why that is. I'd also argue. I don't have a horse in the race. I'm good. Don't worry about it. I'd also argue about that comment that it's Jennifer Aniston who is the one who has moved on from Brad Pitt. Because remember, Brad Pitt was the one that was the... Hit it on her and like moved. I mean, yes. Uh, Anyway, 
Chris, thank you. I'm curious to know more about why you think that, but that's not what the segment is about. Let's go to Bernie. Hello, Bernie. Bernie, why is it that you think people are so obsessed with the idea of Jen and Brad getting back together? Bernie? Hey, Bernie. Uh, Gary? Oh, Gary. Gary. Sorry. Hi, Gary. (laughs) Hey, Gary. How are you doing? Good. Hey, I got two points on this. I Obviously, I love Brad as an actor, and I love Jennifer Aniston as an actress. Here's the two things. Like you said earlier, Brad cheated on Jennifer, so there's a major trust issue there. Yes. There's no doubt. Okay, the other side of this is that we, as uh, a group of people that appreciate stars for what they are, want them to be together because we all believe they're soulmates, but Brad screwed up, and it gives us hope for the existence of love, in my opinion. Oh, and second it's chances. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Like, you know what? They belong together. We believe they do. I think there's a possibility, but it gives everybody hope that if they can make it through whatever, maybe everybody else can find love. I kind of love that. Everybody obsesses about it. I kind of love that, Gary. Thanks for your call. That's scary. That's really insightful. And and also, you know, again, I think that it speaks to the fact that maybe what people are looking for is a sign of forgiveness. I think we've already seen that, yeah. right? We see that already in Jennifer Aniston and the way that she's interacting with him. And, and you, get, I think that might be what we're connecting to mm-hmm. uh, when people feel wistfully about the two of them getting back together. I think we all feel a happy feeling about knowing that they have a good relationship. Oh, well, that happy feeling is giving me a happy feeling. Mm. So if we're feeling happy feelings about Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston... Hey, I mean, the world needs it right now. Let's Let's be real. Right. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, speaking of romance, what's your favorite romantic comedy? What's your favorite rom-com movie? 651-641-1071. I'm building a list and I need your help on my talk 1071.